In every year since the inaugural tournament in 1978, today has been the day marked in the calendar as BDO World Championship final day. That's not the case this year as the, the tournament is no more. So I thought I'd take another trip down memory lane and discuss some favourite lakeside memories from over the years. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined today by Chris Hinton, a man many of you will know as Oki Balboa. Chris, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Not bad, thanks, mate. Long time no speak. Um, what's the first BDO World Championship you remember watching? I used to be just like a fair weather darts fan um, before about 2008. Mm. So um, I remember lakes I've been on for different reasons whilst drinking through channels and, and so forth. But I do remember 1991 when Priestley beat Bristow 6-0 and when Park beat uh, George 6-0 and I do remember Martin Adams playing uh, but apart from that it was all a bit hazy but um, my first, when I first really got into darts it was 2009 the first final I watched really mm. from start to finish and I've seen you in the crowd many a time on the on the TV and so on when did you make your first venture down to Frimley Green? it was in 2014 when me and a few other lads um, from, from, from the darting darting um, uh, social media like forums and stuff decided to go down and uh, we have we made we made it like an annual pilgrimage like last day for two or three days so 2014 was the first time i went down to, to lakeside so which games stand out for, from those two years 2009 and, and 2014 well 2009 watched it from the start it was um the final between hanky and o'shea it was 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 super final Seven six Tanky was great. So I was, uh, it was, he was one of my favourite players, Ted Anky, and he was from the start. From the start, I started watching it, so it was great to win. 2014, uh, the tournament was a bit hit and miss, but um, I, I do remember um, uh, Stephen Bunting, um, well, I do remember Stephen Bunting absolutely dominating the tournament, then moving to the PVC. So, but that tournament was, wasn't as great as, as, as previous years after that and before that, really, but um, yeah. Hmm. That was the first time I went 2014, and um, it was a great experience. And what was it, in your view, that made the, the Lakeside so special for fans and players? <sighs> That's a good question. It's just, the, it's just, I think it's the closeness of, of the fans to to the stage, and and the, the whole cosy atmosphere it brings. It brings out, and 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 history built it built in itself when um. It, um, you know, you had Bristow winning in 86, uh, then you had Lowe and, and Wilson and, and, and so forth, and, and, um, all of, and then Tyler, and then, and then history just, just mounted since then, and it becomes synonymous with the first week of January and, and synonymous with the media, and that's where it's, it's, it's come from. It's just like a gradual thing which has built up over the years. Yeah, I think that's definitely the, the sentiment Richard Ashdown had as well, and I just think it's... It's one of those old venues that you get a really great atmosphere in. You know, the volumes yeah. kind of reverberates around. It's also very, very warm in there as well. It's very warm, yeah. It, uh, temperatures can be quite high there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's just, there's just something to it. When I first got there, it was just, it was great. It was just like, wow. It was almost a wow moment. You, you, you walk you through history. You can see history. You can see all the players. Well, you see all the players, what you can see, what what um, Bob Potter has done in his career with um, with um, other celebrities have been to the 
venue, and it's it, like it's like your flu, really, which is which is past the charm, but it, it's it's a little bit outdated. <laughs> mentioned there the crowd were a key factor in so many of those great moments over the years and what's the the best atmosphere you can recall either you know live or on tv or, or watching stuff back on youtube a lot of people disagree with this but it's it's the order that that the media crowds uh, give to the players there's not much calling out and and, and so forth while the pnc went down the uh, the party, the party model, which worked in the end. Um, video was just like a more of a traditionist feel, so it felt it, the atmosphere felt great because you're watching both players mm. rather than just chanting songs all the time. So, so it felt a bit more, a bit more, you know, towards the players. You know, you you you're getting behind the players and 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 that, and uh, it, it felt a lot more dark, a, a sporty feel than than what the PVC has, but. It is what it is. I certainly think there have been, you know, some moments where the the volume has has definitely been there. So, two thousand and four, watching that back, the moment when Andy Fordham hits the winning double. I don't think there's probably ever been a louder roar in that room because I think every single person was just delighted that that he'd won. Absolutely, and um, you know, it's a great story about Andy Fordham winning, and and um, you know, with all the things that happened after and before and everything like that but uh, he was somebody that some people wanted to win and yeah the role must have been a bit brilliant but it would have felt like a genuine role rather than you know what you, what you see what you see probably in the previous so I'm not going to time bash a bit because that's not fair because um, that, that's what, it's what they do but but it, it just it feels like there's something to it it felt you belong to it if you were, you know, part of that crowd. As someone who's who's been in the crowd a number of times, obviously the fancy dress costumes are something that has been a big thing at the darts, whether that's PDC or, or BDO. Are there any yeah. specific costumes that stand out to you? Not really. I've never been the one that, that would wear a, a fancy dress to go to the darts. Each to their own. But um, there, there's, there's some good ones. There's some, there's some really good ones, you know. I can't think of anybody, any that come, come, come out of my mind, but um, it, it wouldn't look the same if there wasn't any, so it, 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 it's, part, it's part of darts, and it should be like part of darts when everything gets back to normal again and we can get back to things, it'll be part of darts, and it's good to see people dress up really, but it's not for me. Hmm. When I spoke to Richard Ashdown, he, he you know reminded me of some great ones, but what would be your, your favourite walk-ons over the years? Uh, uh, Martin Adams um, walk on with Hungry Like the Wolf gets the crowd going because he's a fan's favourite at Lakeside. Ted Hankey's one, even though the song is, is trance, um, gets the crowd going. You know what you know what you're going to get with, with, with. You don't know what you're going to get with Ted, which is part of the excitement. Uh, there's a, there's a few others which people will, will go will you know get the crowd going. Um, John Boy Wharton, Glenn Dullitz, uh You know there's different ones where the crowd will get going. And uh, so walk-ons, even though that even though they lasted for like what 30, 40 seconds, added added to added to the experience of life. I certainly know one of mine, which is a weird one, but song choice wise, I was always a big fan of Mark McGinney because I'm a massive wrestling fan. So him choosing Edge's theme song to walk out to made him an instant favourite of mine. And another yeah. one I recall from two thousand eight was Glenn Moody. Um, um. 
<laughs> he was a right character. He was great. He was great. I mean, I, I didn't watch the darts much back, you know, before watching, you know, watching it religiously. But I remember Glenn, Glenn Moody, Glenn Moody's walk-ons, and um, you know, he's um, quite a sad, come on, and everything like that. He had a character. Just wish he was a better darts player because he would have been great, <laughs> great for darts. Yeah, he he was a, a great character, and I mean, there have been some other ones over the years who've just been. You know, they've kind of been the whole spectrum of, of you know, either elite players that someone like Christian Kist, for example, who just came along, got about his business, and, and didn't really speak a word of English, to you know the others who'd been there year after year but never really seemed to kind of get anywhere. Yeah, it, it, it sort of like a lot of players. I mean, Gary Anderson never won, won anything there. Um, Gary Robson hardly ever wins the match there. Um, Ross Montgomery. Um, you got players that have won it a couple of times, like Adams, Hanky, Dunant. It, it, it's weird how 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 things shape shape. It, it, it can shape a guy's career, and and people can use it as a springboard to do better, better, better in the PDC, for example, like Gary Anderson, like Michael Van Gerwen. Hmm. So yeah, it, it's a weird one. You know, recent years, someone like Michael Unterbuchner, who came along and, to all intents and purposes, was a, a complete unknown, and then you know went along. Quietly about his business and got to two semi-finals on the trot. Yeah, um, a lot of uh, a lot of people didn't know who Definitely. And I, I just think over the years, you know, you've seen in the field that, you know, as you're saying, you know, not everyone's a showman. You do get real variety and you get someone like a Dennis Harbour, who was on the, who's been on the county circuit for, you know, donkey's years. But he's a proper old, you know, he will grind and scrap for every leg and he will slow things right down. Looking back over the years, what would you say your favourite final is? My favourite final, I enjoyed um, 2009's final. I liked, um, I, I thought um, Durant against Waits was a better final than, than, um, than given credit for. Of course, you got Durant versus McGinney, where um, McGinney missed two darts to win to win it. And he's only the second one that hasn't won um, that's had, you know, match darts and hasn't won it. A lot of the final, I've been doing quite a few of the finals. Um, my favourite one is probably 2009, uh, Hanky and O'Shea. And I think, I guess, because that's the first one you watch properly, I think that's going to stick with you. The same for me, Adams Nixon is the one that sticks with me because it was the first oh, one yeah. I, 
I sat and watched all the way through and obviously, you know, Scott Mitchell, Martin Adams is another one that I think I think the longer the games went usually, the more time you had to really get into it and there was a story and, and everything there. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, Adams and Nixon, I, I mean, I, at the time I didn't watch it or didn't take much notice of it, but um, great final with Nixon, you know, coming back from six steps down to, to get it to level. Um, again, yeah, you're right. Um, I prefer the 760 to 7 nils and the guy gets 107 average and you think that's not really a final, it's just like a masterclass. Hmm. I, I prefer a good old scrap. Slightly different. What would you say is your favourite women's game? Um, that's a good question. I've been well, I've been supporting Dita Edmund um, in, in many like sides, so there's ultimate disappointment there. But um, I, I remember um, the Ashton Farron Show up final 2015, if, if I recall correctly, um, when um, they they absolutely smashed the 118th record and. They both played to the top of their game, and, and Ashton won three one. I think that was the best women's match probably ever. I think one for me is uh, twenty nineteen, the last ladies' game at the Lakeside when Suzuki beat Lorraine Win Stanley uh, to win. Throughout the tournament, Suzuki looked very good. She beat Ashton in the opening round, which for a lot of people was a massive upset because you know they'd never seen her before. She was the first Japanese female player to to play in the ladies' world championship. And I think in that final, she just completely blew Lorraine Win Stanley away in the first couple of sets, and it was just like, wow, this you know Suzuki is a really, really great player, and obviously she then proved that last year by retaining her title. Oh yeah, she she um, she was superb. I mean, I remember um, her, um, she um, came to the 2018 World Masters or 2018 World Masters, and uh, she beat Carla Show up four one, and she got through to the. She got through to the quarterfinals and lost to the D2 Edmund, but um, people backed her at like, I think it was 66 to 1 to win the World Championships because she had Lisa Ashton in the first round. So, so people were starting to take notice of her before everybody else took notice. And uh, professionalism in those two World Championship wins are fantastic because she, she beat Ashton comfortably in the 2020 20, um, 20 final. And Ashton, two weeks later, went and got a tour card. So, you know. Exactly. Um, and it sort of seemed fitting in a way that, you know, Suzuki's first game was against Ashton when she sort of announced herself. And then, you know, the last ladies game at a BDO World Championship was those two playing each other again. In terms of tournament wins, obviously we've seen, you know, some great champions over the years. But which champion would you say, you know, delivered the best tournament performance, you know, from first game to last game? That's definitely the one I would have gone for as well. I just think he, 
he came into the tournament, you know, seemingly so far clear of the rest of the field. And he more or less proved that across the week. So, yeah, that, that definitely would have been the one I, I would have looked at as well. On that note, what would you say is the best tournament you've seen? Um, the best tournament, I, I, in my opinion, was 2015 as well uh, was the year that one of my favourites got his big win on the lakeside stage Peter Saiwani I think as well, I remember the year following that, they did a, a video package when Saiwani came back and the commentary from John Rawling after the first set of the, the game with James Wilson, which James Wilson had won with like a 110 average, something like that. Rawling said, you know, infamous last words, this is going to be the fastest victory in Lakeside history. And then James Wilson proceeded to miss 19 doubles on the, on the spin. Um yeah. And I, it was just, yeah, I remember that game. I was sat at home uh, and I was just blown away. But I was like, how is Saiwani coming back? And obviously in the first round, the game he played, his average was, you know, mid-70s, I think. And I think I thought going into the round against the top seed, you know, he he doesn't really stand a hope in hell's chance. And then came out of nowhere, you know, dropped down to his knees when he won and obviously then played Robbie Green in the next round. You said that you know for you was one of the, the biggest upsets in world championship history. What else would be in that bracket for you? In the last five or ten years, then, then that's probably the biggest one. I can't, I can't really think of other ones because you know you've had like the opening, you've had like the opening day. You know when Christy Kiss lost to Robbie Green and Scott White. You know when the defending champions lost to Alan Norris. Both of those players were good players, you know, were top-level players anyway, so it was a tricky first-round game, but uh, I think that's the biggest. I'm just trying to think of it, of it of one, probably. Um, Adam's losing to Hendricks, mm. possibly, three too, but he was he was a, a youth on the up, well, supposedly at that time. I, mm. But, yeah, it's, I was upset because the, the, the so-called quality... It's leveled, leveled up a bit, and you know, 
um, in the video towards the later years, perhaps the, the offset buckle was a bit less. But um, that the only one, the, the only big one I could think of was 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 James Wilson getting beat in the first round. Hmm. I mean, there were a couple that came close. I mean, uh, yeah. Carol Sedlacek, when he played uh, Glenn Durrant, I think had one of the highest losing averages in tournament history and certainly looked like he was going to you know, do the business early on and then and, and Durrant powered through. And obviously, the Paul Hogan-Glenn Durrant game as well. Yeah. If Hogan had won, you know, had won it 4-0, I think that probably would have been a bit upset as well. was he could pull off a good win uh, but um, yeah he, he absolutely smashed over up until that moment where he threw a perfectly good dart and it landed into the wrong double and then it sort of affected him a little bit Dylan got back into it and Dylan was quite lucky to win mm. so yeah so I, I, I would have thought that Hogan, if, Hogan, if that double would have gone in Hogan would have won that goal because there's only, only, only really Hogan that could have beaten Dylan to Last year, obviously, was a change of venue as it went to the the O2 in London. How did yeah. you find, you know, last year's tournament and the O2, and just, I mean, the atmosphere obviously around it was a little bit challenging. It was. Um, I went for one day uh, on the Tuesday, I think it was. Um, I went for one day, and when you get there, it doesn't hit you with that World Championship historic feel like the lights I did. You think you just watch it. Uh, the World Trophy or the, or the World Masters or whatever, it, it, it didn't feel the same for me. I, I recently backed changing the venue for the World Championship because I thought it outwrote Lakeside, but in hindsight, it, it wasn't a great decision because Lakeside, everybody knows Lakeside, everybody knows everything. But the venue itself was really good, but it's just, it's just the fact that um, it didn't feel right. It, 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 there were some great games on there um, when I went... Um, and, uh, but uh, it just didn't feel right, and it felt like it, it, it felt like a world. It, it didn't feel like a world championship like it should have. It, it, the history wasn't there, and it, it, it was a poor decision. And yeah, it, it was a very poor decision in the end. As you say, that there were some very good games last year. Where Paul Hogan, you know, wiring the nine data. Um, I think it was his game against Martin Kleermacher was very good. Uh, Wayne Warren's comebacks, you know, against Scott Mitchell in the semis, and then you know the the final against Jim Williams was a very good game as well. Absolutely, um, it was a good tournament. I mean, nothing wrong with the darts that was shot with that was on the stage. It just it was just the, the crowd and the feel of it wasn't so much. The, um, the darts was worthy of all the championship, but the, everything else about it wasn't. You know, we, we could talk about the off the field stuff, uh, off, off the off the dartboard stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I, it was a, I thought it was a really good tournament and uh, a worthy winner because I thought Warren played really, really well from, from the first round because he played um, Thompson in the first round, which was a tough match. Because Thompson, he's like Dennis Harbour, will give you a tough match. Not a crowd favourite, but we're always hanging in there. Um, and, and he played, then he played Andy Hamilton, then he, then he, was, um, Scott, then, 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 then he went on and improved, 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 improved with his average and... And, and the way he went about his finishing and everything, he was the worthy winner. I thought it was a good final than what the score score suggested. Um, although Williams walked a bit towards the end, but um, Warren 
was the worthy winner. It was a good tournament. It's just a shame there isn't one this year. Very much so. And I think on that point, what would you say would be your top five games from the tournament? My top five games, yeah. My first, my, my all-time top favourite game was Dylan um, versus Adams. Second, it was Hanky, uh, Lord Adams in, in 2015. Second, Hanky O'Shea in 2009. Third, which um, which just come to me, and it was a, it was a good, good match, which people missed, uh, well, not think of, but um, it was a good match. It was a good match was when Alan Norris beat James Wilson in 2014. Mm. They both were absolutely um, both on their game, and it was a really good, high quality contest. Uh, uh, um, Dover versus Hogan for there's so many good games, but um, the fifth one I can't think of a fifth one. <laughs> um, I know one game that came to me, which probably a lot of people won't you know recall necessarily, was a first round game from a few years ago. I want to say 2017 yeah. was Scott Mitchell against Darius Labanowskis uh, yeah. because those two were throwing an exceptional standard, both very close to the hundred average, and there was very little in it across you know all five sets in the end. Um, so that was a, a great one, and I think another more recent one would be Richard Vainstra against Nigel Hayden, which went all the way. Um, wasn't necessarily the best in terms of averages or scores. But there was an incredible amount of drama. And for me, that game was sort of peak Richard Vainstra in a way because he kind of showed the streakiness that he's shown in a lot of tournaments where, you know, he'll be out of it for two legs and then suddenly he'll hit, you know, three 140s on the spin and take out an 11 data. Yeah, and I thought of two more as well. Um, Mitchell versus O'Shea when he went to the last, uh, last leg in 2015 in the first round and uh, another one was when Adams played Joyce and, mm. and, and one moment of that match when Joyce needed 164 to, to, to save to the game basically and, and um, was it 164? It was a, it was a match winning it was a, a big finish he took it out and it went to the fifth set so there were two games where it was really really close there, there were lots of lots of games where it's been really really close and it's gone down to the last leg after after the proper tie breaks and, and so forth. So I could list twenty games really, but the top five is a bit of a difficult one. <laughs> yeah. I think one that would probably go in there for me as well would be Durant against McGinney because I think that final is another one where averages, you're gonna look at the averages and A the averages between them weren't particularly close. Uh and McGinney's average certainly wasn't uh you know one you'd write home about, but had incredible drama and obviously is memorable for McGinney joining Mike Gregory in the, the narrow club of players who, who've missed match darts and then not won it. McGinney just hung on in there during the final. He wasn't playing the best darts. He wasn't playing... Um, um, his scoring wasn't great, but he hung on in there. And he, he played a match game against Governors and he almost worked. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a shame that McGinney hasn't done, done well in the PDC because I thought he wouldn't come up a notch because he got through Q score in the first day with, with, with pretty much ease. And um, I'm quite surprised he hasn't kicked on. He's still got his score card, I think. Um, but um, I, I'm surprised he hasn't kicked on and, you know, appeared in, in more, you know, more, more events and so forth. But, um, yeah, great final. Mm. Um, it's a great final. But the drama, because what... Cause what you've got to look for for, for dark games is drama, missed doubles, high finishes where you don't expect it, um, and things like that. 
I'm not a big fan of Masterclass, as I said before beforehand. Yeah, it's great when your favourite player wins 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. <laughs> but um, the real games are, are the games that are close. And and and, um, and games where you feel that both players could win this. Both players miss the balls. And both players, you know, hit match-winning shots and, and, and um, so forth. Um, those are the games that, that really, really... Um, make me you know really really make me enjoy enjoy darts lakeside and the bdo world championship has you know given us a lot of great memories over the years and given a lot of great memories to individual players as well so you know on the negative side you've got the clip that got dredged out every january from all the you know banter social media accounts of you know Mm -hmm. tony fleet there's that but then on the other side you've got stuff like pengaran mohammed from brunei who you know, made history, and no, he, I mean, he didn't do anything particularly special, but you could tell being there and playing meant a massive amount to him, and, you know, you, you've got even tournament wins, you know, there's the Andy Fordham story, which is, you know, incredible, and Tony David as well, a couple of years before, what he'd overcome to get there and win, there's some great memories and great stories. So for you, what would be, you know, your most abiding memory of the, the BDO World Championship? For me, 2015 Lakeside with Scott Mitchell when it was one of the most the most um, um, it was the was divided memory because I, I that was the great, that was one of the best that was the, one of the best tournaments as I said earlier and um, it was a great final and it's a great and and um, Scott Mitchell um, winning it after being you know just basically being a, a, a you know someone that was cannoned father in early Lakeside. He actually, he actually played really well, got his form together, and, and actually went and won Lakeside. Was was a great achievement for him, and uh, well deserved. Well deserved that year because he was the best player. Hmm. So I, I would say 2015 and, and and Mitchell winning it was the most overriding Lakeside and most memory and the best Lakeside hmm. in, in my opinion. Thank you very much for your time this afternoon, mate. I really do appreciate it, and let's hope that this time next year. There is a, a WDF World Championship to watch, and you know, you never know, it might be at Lakeside once again. I hope it is. Well, I've heard, heard rumours that it might be at Lakeside whenever it is, um, but so um, fingers crossed if it is. Uh, I just hope it gets played. That's <laughs> one thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it anyway. So, yeah, thanks for having me on anyway. <laughs>